Hey West Maniac YouTubers, so great to see you this morning. Thank you for joining us on our YouTube channel. Have you ever thought about how different the world might be if Adolf Hitler was a morning person? Never thought about that? Maybe you should. We're starting a new series today called Take It Back. And I'm excited about this series. We are going to spend four weeks learning some very practical skills that you and I can put into practice that will really, really help you keep your joy, keep your faith, keep your peace of mind and peace of spirit, regardless of who's in the White House or who's in the Round House or what's going on in your house. You can learn to live in such a way that no one can take away your joy or your peace or your faith. And as I look back over the last 12, 13 months uh, of our lives, it has been for many of us and maybe somebody you know, a season of loss. We have lost so many things. Not just, I'm not just talking about you know, our personal freedoms or the ability to go sit at your favorite restaurant and eat a meal with your friends. Oh my gosh, I miss that. I'm talking about loss that's more significant than those things. I know people, and you probably do too, and you might be one of these people who during this pandemic, during this crazy season, um, they have just lost a, a joy that they used to have. There's certainly a great loss of a peace of mind and a peace of spirit in our world. And some people, you know them, maybe you're one, have truly lost faith, their faith in God, their faith that God is with them and for them during this season. And so we are going to spend four weeks, we are going to learn to take it back. We're going to take all those things back from our enemy who's trying to kill us, from our enemy who wants to take our joy, wants to take our peace, and certainly wants to destroy our faith. He's had some good victories, but he doesn't have the ultimate victory, and we're going to take it back, and I invite you to go on this journey. We're going to learn four very important steps to take back what's been taken from us. If those things have not been taken from, from you, that is so great. I'm so glad, but there might be a season coming up when those things are taken and you need to remember these lessons. Or maybe you know someone personally who you would say, yeah, they've lost their joy, they've lost their peace, they've lost their faith. You can help them either share this message or just take what you learn and share it with them on your own. Let's take it back. I want to tell you a story about a man who was a soldier. He's beat up, he's bloody, he's dusty, he's got a big patch on his eye, he's caked blood all over himself and the battle is just finished and he's he's walking up to his commanding officer and he has a conversation with his commanding officer. We're going to read it actually from 1 Kings chapter 20 so you can follow along here on on your uh, device or on your TV or you can open up your Bible to 1 Kings 20. It's a real story. This really happened. These were actual people and this man who's standing before this this uh, military commander actually did have a big problem with his eye and you can read a little bit back in first kings and find out why it's really interesting um, there's a lion involved in case you're wondering uh, but this soldier has this conversation i want to look at this conversation and from this conversation we're going to learn what it looks like to take it back what's the first step what's the first thing we have to do in order to take back anything that our enemy has taken from us so let's look at first kings chapter 20 verse 39 says as the king passed by, the prophet called out to him, Sir, 
I was in the thick of battle, and suddenly a man brought me a prisoner. And he said, guard this man, or watch this man, keep this man. If for any reason he gets away, you will either die or pay a fine of 75 pounds of silver. Verse 40, but while I was busy doing something else, the prisoner disappeared. The king replies, well, it's your own fault. You have brought judgment on yourself. And obviously this king is frustrated. Obviously this king sees the error in this man's actions. And the Bible tells us that it's the prophet talking to the king. But what you don't know yet is that the king doesn't know it's a prophet talking to him. He just thinks it's a soldier bloody and beaten from battle telling him uh, an account from the battle. Um, But we're about to find out that this isn't just a regular soldier. And this story that he's telling is really a made-up story to make a point. And so what we see in verse 41, Then the prophet quickly pulled the bandage from his eyes, and the king of Israel recognized him as one of the prophets. And the prophet said to him, This is what the Lord says, Because you have spared the man, I said must be destroyed, Now you must die in his place, and your people will die instead of his people. So the king of Israel went home to Samaria angry and sullen. So do you have the scene? There's the prophet. He's pretending to be a soldier, telling the king, hey, I was given a job. The job was to watch this man, but I got busy doing something else, and the man disappeared. And the king says, well, you did the crime, so you're going to have to do the time. And then the prophet reveals himself as a prophet, not a soldier, and accuses the king of actually being the one who made the mistake, who was supposed to be watching and guarding and keeping someone, but had failed at his job, and now the king had condemned himself and went away sad and angry. So what does that have to do with us? What does that have to do with us in 2021, and what does that have to do with us taking back what the enemy has taken from us? What we have to do is insert ourselves into this story and kind of see this story um, from their point of view and and act like, pretend like we're in that story. Because this story is bigger than just the story. This story reveals a great truth about all of us. And that is that there is someone in your life today that you're supposed to watch, you're supposed to guard, you're supposed to keep. But who, right? That's the question for us today. Who are we supposed to watch? Who are we supposed to guard and keep? I want to tell you that the answer to this question is you are called by God to watch, to keep, and to guard the most difficult person on the planet to watch and keep and guard. And I'm not talking about your spouse. And I'm not talking about your teenage kid. And I'm not talking about your neighbor who drives you crazy. I'm not even talking about your, your worst enemy. The most difficult person on the planet for you to watch, for you to keep, for you to guard, is you. You know I'm right, don't you? It's easy to keep your eye on other people. It's easy to look at other people's lives and kind of judge what they're doing. Pass, you know, just just look at them and pass judgment on their actions, their behavior. It's easy to watch and keep and guard them. 
it's not so easy to keep and guard and watch yourself. And in fact, if you don't, what you're going to do is, is somewhere down the road end up finding yourself looking back on your life with regret and wondering what happened to the time and wondering why that relationship failed and wondering why you know your finances aren't what they what you want them to be and wondering why your faith is in the condition it's in if you don't learn as a as a human being to watch and guard and keep yourself it's going to end up in a lot of struggles and problems for you you are called by god to guard yourself the easiest person on the planet to deceive is yourself. The, the easiest person on the planet to hurt you is you. If we're honest, all of us could probably say, yes, I am my own worst enemy. Sure, I've got other people that are enemies, but when it comes to the person who is capable of doing the most destruction in my life, it's me. The person most capable of doing the most destruction in your life is you and so we have to if we're going to take back what's been taken from us we have to embrace this calling from god to guard ourselves in matthew 16 26 jesus said it was jesus who said in matthew 16 26 and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul is anything worth more than your soul jesus is asking us to guard ourselves to watch ourselves so that we don't get everything we think we want and then get to the end of our lives and realize we lost ourself. We lost what was most important, our soul. I want you to notice back in verse 40 um, why the prisoner got away, why the prophet said the prisoner got away. Did you notice what he said? He said, while I was busy doing something else, the man I was supposed to watch disappeared. That is so profound to me that while he was busy doing something else, the man he was supposed to watch disappeared. That, that is, that's our story, guys. We get so busy doing other things that the man we're supposed to watch is in real danger of disappearing. I once had a preacher who used to say all the time, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And I think he's exactly right. Some of us, the reason we have lost our faith, lost our joy, lost our peace is we have become so busy that the man we're supposed to be guarding, the person we're supposed to be watching and keeping disappears because we're just so busy. Busy with good things, busy with work, busy with kids, busy with activities. These are all good things, but you can be so busy that you can lose yourself. And this is the lesson we're supposed to learn from this prophet. Lots of scriptures uh, encourage us and command us to watch ourselves, to guard ourselves, to make sure that the person we keep the most track of is ourselves. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. In the book of Jude, verses 20 and 21, we hear this, But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourselves safe in God's love. 1 John 5, 21, we are told, Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. 
Somebody once told me that the human heart is an idle factory. That's so true. We are so quick to turn our hearts to things that will never satisfy us in the end. And so one of the most important things you could do, one of the most important wake-up calls you could have today is to just embrace this idea, this principle, that you have got to keep on guard and keep watching and keep yourself from idols. Keep yourself from busyness. Make sure that life doesn't just slip through your fingers and make sure that your joy and your peace and and your faith and all that that you really, really need, make sure it doesn't slip through your fingers because you're busy and the most important things in life just fade away. So let's talk a little bit about two things we need to be on guard against. There are two specific things that that if we're not careful, can creep in and take away our joy, take away our peace, take away our faith. And so we have to be on guard against these two specific. The first thing is giving in. We have to be on guard and we have to watch ourselves so that we don't give in. So we don't give in to the world's distractions. Tell me we're not living in the most distracted age of humanity. There are so many things just vying for our attention every moment of every day, especially if you carry your phone with you or especially if you have to sit in front of a computer screen or if you own a TV or if you walk down the aisles of Walmart. There are so many things to distract us. And we have to be very, very careful not to give in to those distractions, to allow ourselves to be so busy with those distractions that we lose ourselves. Allow ourselves to be consumed by all those different distractions that we, uh, we lose ourselves. Some of us are losing ourselves with the distraction of social media, with the distraction of your favorite show, uh, with the distraction of just your schedule. There are so many reasons and so many things that we have to be careful we don't give into those distractions. The second thing I would say to you um, that we need to not give into is the comparison trap. Man, we fall into this all the time. It is so easy to give up you know, guarding yourself by just making this excuse. You, you look around at the world around you, you find somebody who's a whole lot worse than you, and in your mind you justify your own behavior and your own lack of self-discipline by saying, well, I'm not as bad as my neighbor. I'm not as bad as that person, so I'm doing pretty good. And we give into the comparison trap. No one wins in the comparison game. It's a trap that will suck you down and keep you. It will take your joy, take your peace, take your faith. So don't give in to the comparison trap. And the third thing that's not quite as obvious, but you know, in, in its subtlety, it is very significant, is we cannot give in to other people's agendas or opinions. And this is hard. This is hard for a lot of us, especially if you're a people pleaser. One of the most difficult lessons I had to learn as a young pastor was that as a pastor, everybody in my church has an agenda for me. Everybody has a plan. Everybody thinks this is what I should do and this is what I should say. And I can't tell you how many times somebody has told me, well, you need to preach on this right here. And everybody has an agenda. 
and they want to force theirs on you, you have to be very, very careful that you know God's agenda for your life so that you don't give in to everyone else's agenda and opinion about your life. Just live your life in such a way that you're making God happy and you don't have to worry about giving in to other people's agendas and other people's opinions of you. So the first thing we have to guard against, the first thing we have to make sure we're keeping an eye on is giving in. Don't give in to distractions. Don't give in to comparison. And don't give in to other people's plans and agenda for your life. You follow God. We have to guard against giving in. We have to guard against giving up. And I would say let's guard against giving up to the temptations in our life. I was having a really powerful conversation last week with a with a friend who was just talking about how he had given up because of his circumstances and he had given up basically his life to an addiction. He had just given it up for an addiction. And that happens to a lot of us. And you know, when, when you and I hear the word addiction, I think we immediately go to drugs or alcohol, but those are just the big ones that you know those other people do. But um, there's a lot of you that are addicted to your Facebook. There's a lot of you that are addicted to your favorite show, um, addicted to your, some other substance or some other thing. And a lot of us are giving up our peace, our joy, our faith to an addiction, to some substance, to some activity, to some habit. And I would say, let's be very, very careful. If you want to take back, take back what's been taken from you, you have to guard against giving up to all those things that are trying to drag you down, those addictions. And then the second thing you have to be careful about giving up to is giving up the best for something good. We do this a lot. We give up the best and settle for something good. Um, there's a thousand different examples I could give you. You probably have an idea um, in your own life that there is this ideal, there's this better, there's this thing I want my marriage or my faith or my, you know, my family to look like this is the ideal, but I'm settling for something down here. Maybe it's your schedule. Maybe it's your finances. Um, you're, you're settling for okay when God calls you to be great. You're settling for good when God has something best. Don't give up your best just for something good. Don't settle for good when you could have the best. Let's be careful. Let's guard ourselves and let's, let's be on guard against giving in and giving up. I want, to, I want us to look at this really interesting verse, Psalm chapter 81, verse 16. Psalm 81, 16, God is talking and he says, but I would feed you with the finest wheat and I would satisfy you with wild honey from the rock. It's such an interesting verse. How do you get honey from a rock? It is an unlikely place. It is an unlikely source of sweetness and honey. Bees don't usually build hives on a rock. But God is saying, I can take something and make it sweet and beautiful, even if the source of it is unexpected. And I'm telling you, this has been the case for many of us during this last year. Maybe, maybe God's sweetness and God's goodness is all wrapped up in something called COVID-19. Maybe it's not the end-all, be-all evil of the world. Maybe it's God just squeezing some sweetness and some goodness out of it. We've seen so many commitments and, and so much generosity and lives influenced and changed and marriages saved and um, just families brought back together during this season of loss. It's because 
God can take something bad and he can squeeze something good out of it. He can take the worst circumstance and make something sweet and good out of it. So today, if you're one of those people who feels like you've lost your joy, lost your peace, even lost your faith, God can take whatever it is that whatever circumstance, whatever um, things are going on around you that has caused you to feel like that, God can take those messy circumstances and he can squeeze goodness and sweetness out of it. He can bring honey from a rock. He can bring blessings from your mess. I promise you, you just have to be willing to look for it. And the way God begins to squeeze goodness out of a rock, honey, out of a rock, goodness, out of a bad situation is when people like you and people like me embrace this idea that we're going to guard ourselves, watch ourselves so that we don't give in, so that we don't give up. We're going to, we're going to stand guard. We're not going to let busyness or distractions or lies or comparisons or addictions or settling. We're not going to let any of that keep us from marching down the path God has for us. We're not going to let any of that keep us from becoming the person God sees in us, the potential that he sees in us. We're not going to let any of those things keep us from becoming who God needs us and wants us to be because we're guarding ourselves first. June 6, 1944, D-Day. One of the most important days, certainly in modern history, maybe in the history of the world. You know the story. The Allied forces are going to invade France and they are going to engage the Nazis in one of the fiercest battles that the world has ever seen. And they're trying to liberate Europe from the Nazis. And I don't know if you know this or not, but the, the beaches of, Norman, of Normandy were not as fortified as they should have been. It's because the Allied forces had spent months um, preparing and tricking the Germans in, into, into believing that they were going to attack somewhere else. Everybody knew an attack was coming. The weather was clearing up. Everybody on both sides knew that sooner or later the Allied forces would have to cross the English Channel and go into France. But they, they, did, a, they did a great deceptive campaign. They had fake tanks. And on the morning of, of June 6th, they had hundreds of, of bombers dropping mannequins with parachutes on the south of France to trick the Germans into thinking the invasion was going to happen in the south of France when it was really going to happen on the beaches of Normandy. And so when those troops started to storm the beaches of Normandy at Omaha Beach and Utah Beach, those beaches weren't as fortified as they could have been or should have been if the Allied forces hadn't deceived Hitler and his generals. But something else really interesting happened on that day. That invasion on the beaches of Normandy could have been stopped if the German generals who commanded the Panzer, the tank division, could have sent their tanks from the south a little bit north to engage all those allied troops on the beaches of Normandy. And they could have done it, but Hitler was asleep. Hitler liked to sleep in. <laughs> he liked to sleep, uh, some historians say, from you know, all day from almost 11 to 12 in the afternoon, he would be asleep. And it was known amongst his inner circle, you did not wake him up when he was asleep. So here's Hitler on June 6, 1944, the most important day in modern history. He's asleep 
While the Allied forces are storming Normandy about to liberate France, he's, he's thinking he's so prepared back there in the south that there's no way an invasion could ever have any effect. And the, and the generals figure out real quick when they discover about 100,000 mannequins had just paratrooped into the south of France, they figured out really quickly that that was a decoy and that they needed to move their tanks from the south to the north to engage the actual battle. But no one was willing to wake up Hitler. And by the time he finally woke up, it was too late. The Allied forces had taken a foothold in France and there was no stopping them. The world would look so different if Hitler had just had a wake-up call that morning. If he had just let somebody wake him up and tell him, we have to do something or we're in real trouble. But because he slept through the most important moment in history, you and I, we get to not speak German. <laughs> we get to speak English. We get to enjoy freedom and not live under a Nazi regime. So maybe today you could think of this as your wake-up call. We all need a wake-up call. If we don't do something, it's going to be bad. If we don't learn and embrace this very important principle that we have to guard ourselves, watch ourselves, keep ourselves, if we don't embrace that, if we don't hear the wake-up call, we might just sleep through the most important moments of our life. We might wake up to find that the enemy already has a foothold and it's too late to turn back now. I don't want that for you. And I don't mean to sound, you know, all dramatic and, and you know, and, and try to push any buttons. That's not what I'm trying to do at all. I just want you to have a wake-up call that the person you need to watch the most is you. Romans chapter 13 says this, This is all the more urgent, for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up, for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The scripture tells us to consider this to be a wake-up call, to look at this as an urgent matter that we have to guard ourselves, watch ourselves, keep ourselves. Church, this is a wake-up call for those of us that would follow Jesus. It is time for us to set aside distractions, to set aside addictions, to set aside all those things and be the people God needs us to be. If your joy was taken, if your peace was taken, if your faith was taken, here's your wake-up call. You start to take it back when you start to guard yourself. Don't let yourself give in. Don't let yourself give up. If you feel like you can't, guess what? The Holy Spirit of God lives in those of us who follow Jesus. The same Spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And so you have the power to do anything that God asks you to do. If God asks you not to give in to addiction, you have the power inside of you to not give in and give up to addiction to addictions. If you, uh, if, if you are struggling with distractions, if you are struggling with the comparison game and you don't think you can win those battles, you have the Holy Spirit of God in you. You can do it. Anything God asks you to do, His Spirit will enable you to do. So today, church, let this be a wake-up call for all of us. Let us all take the first step in taking back what's been taken from us. Let's take the first step. Let's guard our selves. 
Watch yourself. Keep yourself. When you do, you don't give the enemy a foothold in your life. Part of watching yourself is watching Jesus, following Jesus. The longer and more you follow Jesus, the better you're going to get at guarding yourself. So I would say to you today, if you want your joy back, you want your peace back, you want your faith back, watch yourself and follow Jesus while you're doing it. Let's take back what the enemy has stolen from us.